0: World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland recently was an opportunity for some of the world's leaders to meet and talk with each other but also with some of the most powerful CEOs of companies from around the globe. As part of that event, Wharton's own Dave Riebstein provided the latest edition of his Best Countries Report in conjunction with U.S. News & World Report, which chronicles who is the best in a wide range of areas. Dave is here to discuss the report. He is, by day, a professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, and you also hear from Weekly, right here on Sirius XM One Eleven, as host of Measured Thoughts, uh, live every Monday at four p.m. Eastern Time. Great seeing you. How was the trip? Oh, the trip was great, and I'm glad to be back because it was a <laughs>
1: snowy trip, that's for sure, but also very interesting.
0: So, for people that are that are hearing about your report for the first time, take us through what it is, and really the goals in doing a report like this.
1: So let me give you a little bit of history of it, which is I'm a marketing professor. I've looked at uh, a variety of marketing topics. And as you mentioned, my measured thoughts program on SiriusXM, I look at what is it we measure in marketing. One of the things that we measure in marketing is we measure the brands of different products of companies. And often what contributes to the brand of a uh, product is what country it comes from. And so I started thinking about that a little bit more and thought, well, those countries in themselves have brands as well. Mm -hmm. So when we think of Italy, we think of fashion, for sure. When we think of of France, we think of wine. When we think of Brazil, we think of beaches and and sunshine. And you could think of different images that we have about countries. So one of the things that we started doing Uh, Three years ago was let's measure what the images are of countries, not just within Dave's mind or within, you know, the United States. But let's measure this globally, Mm -hmm. how people see different countries and then see Mm -hmm. how that's related to economic
0: factors for those countries. So when you're doing a. Uh, a breakdown of a country, the the factors that you are looking to consider for each particular country include what? So it, it's 75 different dimensions. Okay. So you
1: don't want me to spend no, the, re- the, re- to go the rest, rest of the program on the 75 right. different dimensions. But I measure and I should say we measure, because I've got two partners in this, U.S. News and WPP. We go out and do a survey and measure people's perceptions across all 75 different dimensions. And then we take those dimensions, we collapse them into mega uh, variables or composite variables, and then we see how those are correlated with uh, economic factors.
0: What do you think ends up being the impact of doing a report like this? I mean, obviously you're talking about Giving a grade to a country on a variety of factors, and obviously when you're talking about business and brand, as you mentioned, that can have a variety of impacts moving forward for that next year. So lots of countries are very concerned about this, and it turns
1: out a number of countries have contacted me and said, well, "What can we do? How do we <laughs> right. in, how do we improve our image? What is it that, that is really necessary to do?" Its impact, it sort of is reporting what the impact has been, but it gives some guidance as to what it is that
0: a country could or should do and what it needs to be paying attention to. Any country come to you and say, wait a minute, why are we such and such a ranking? We should be way higher than this.
1: Absolutely. Almost every country says that (laughs) to me, except those that are rated at the very, very top. I will tell you, I gave a presentation of these results in Israel, and uh, to a large audience, and I had a heckler. And, oh, uh, really? <laughs> a, a, a heckler on this? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not too surprising. But I had a heckler who said, wait, are, are your respondent blind? Because they thought the perceptions of Israel were much lower than the reality. Right. And my response was, you have left him in the dark. Right. Um, people see your country this way. It is your, you and your country's responsibility to try and change some of those particular perceptions. Well,
0: when you're talking with those countries, who are the people that, that are coming forth for that entity, or you know, people that work within the, the government of the country? Who is it specifically?
1: So it, it varies. So in some cases, I've heard from some prime minister offices okay. who were say, we are really concerned. I, I, I received a phone call from Kazakhstan saying, oh, we need to worry about our image. I got I was contacted by the the Minister of Finance of Saudi Arabia, right. um, who recognizes that Saudi Arabia's brand is not what it is that they would like for it to be, and that it will affect their particular economy. Sometimes it's the you know Secretary of Commerce or Foreign Trade mm-hmm. that's that's really concerned about it, and often it is um, bureaus of tourism. That exists for various different countries. Interestingly, by the way, nobody from the United States. uh, Really? Yeah, nobody from the United States has has reached out. Why do you think that is? Um, Some of it is we don't care what the rest of the world thinks. Okay. Some of it is we already think of ourselves as great. Right. And so you know why bother messing around with what anybody else might measure? That thinking is. Um, I had dinner sitting next to the head metrics guy for Trump. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've got all this data. Be glad to share it with you. Here's how to reach me. I haven't heard from him. Yeah. Well, it's been been more than a year.
0: Wow. All right. We're talking with Dave Rebstein. His uh, best countries report uh, is out. Uh, Switzerland is at the top of the list. And I guess from what I read, this is the second straight year that they have been at the top of the list. What is it about Switzerland that puts them in such high regard in your mind? Um, So it's really interesting that Switzerland is doing so well. Part of
1: it is they're such a neutral country. They're they're, They're seen as very, very safe. They're seen as very, very equitable. They're seen as a great place to do business. Uh, the quality of life is really high. So I, I look at a variety of different dimensions and I see Switzerland you know, being rated fairly high. Rarely the best on any one dimension, right. but, but really high on a whole you know, plethora of different dimensions. And they happen to do really, really well. In terms of being sort of a citizen of the world, they're thought of as being really high. They've got gender equality. Got, yeah. they, they care about the environment. They're seen as very, very trustworthy. But one of the things that's really interesting is, you know, I often ask myself, where does a country get its reputation? Mm-hmm. And I think it often is from the products that come from that country okay. and, and the brands that we know are associated with that country. So uh, the first year that we did this, uh, Germany was number one. And I think Germany got its reputation uh, largely on the shoulders of the automotive industry that comes out of Germany. Mercedes-Benz, VW. You know, you go through the list, BMW, Audi, Porsche. And we say, wow, just high quality. And that's where it is. When we think of Switzerland... Probably the industry that we think of most. Actually, let me ask you, Dan, what, what is it you would think of? Uh, pop quiz? Chocolate. Uh, chocolate, Swiss chocolate, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Maybe fondue. I don't know. Um,
0: Not necessarily a big fondue guy, but but yeah. Banks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. Swiss yeah. banks,
1: Swiss banking. Yeah. And, uh, so yep. it's interesting. I ended up, when I was in Davos, I, I had the pleasure of having dinner with uh, the chairman of, of Credit Suisse, mm-hmm. and he, and, and I think the reason he invited me to dinner is he was so proud that Switzerland was number one, right. and wanted to chat. And he believes well, the the rating of Switzerland as number one does good for Credit Suisse. Sure, but also Credit Suisse does good, and 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 really helps the overall rating. And I th- I think it is this sort of recursive, you know. Swiss, uh, Credit Swiss brand helps Switzerland. Switzerland's brand helps the bank itself. But
0: too. I would th- I would think also when you're talking about a situation like that with Switzerland as number one, as you said, it, it's kind of the it, it's the it's the overall median of, of all the different categories that you have on that. So in many cases, uh, Switzerland I think ranked in the top 10 in a variety of different categories, but they also had some when they were in double digits uh, as well. So I would think that even in a situation like that, whether it be the people at Credit Suisse or it be people within the government, they may see number one for the overall ranking, but also they say, well, you know what? We can work on some of these other issues to improve the, the lot even more. You know, you know, To some
1: degree, it's like business school rankings. We see where we are sure. as a business school. We, yeah. see, we see that Wharton's number one, but A, we want to stay number one, and B, what do we do to, to increase the gap? And I think that's true. Switzerland's looking at it and saying, well, this is great. What else do we need to do to increase the gap that we have and to maintain our number one position?
0: All right. So let's get to the U.S., which ended up being number eight. Oops. Uh, well, Oops. and it was down a, a spot. From seven to eight this past year, so give us uh, you know the uh, the brief uh, description of, of the U.S. and where we stand and things that we need to look at. Well, so when I first did this,
1: uh, the United States was number four. Okay, and it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're number four. We thought you know the United States would be perceived to be the number one country in the world. Right, and I waited last year. Until right after the U.S. election, mm-hmm. to sort of see what the impact of the election would be, and uh, in some of, of the impact might have been because it was a very vitriolic uh, campaign. Sure, and so I don't want to put it on the shoulders of, uh, of Trump, who won the election, but we fell from number four to number seven, and uh, and that was very discouraging. <clears throat> We have a president who says, "Let's make America great." Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wanting to know. So, what are the dimensions? Uh, great on what dimensions, and in whose eyes? Right. And um, and what's happened is, as you just said, uh, we're number eight, and and we've slipped. And and how have we slipped? And you see it in some of the policies uh, that are out there. We are not perceived to have great income equality right and and the perception of that has gotten worse. We are not perceived to have great gender uh, equality and, um, and and that has gotten worse. We are perceived to be less connected to the rest of the world yeah and as we you know as yeah. we harp on the theme of America first,
0: it, uh, it is an overt effort to be less connected. Well, it is interesting considering the fact that uh, in the most recent State of the Union, uh, President Trump, and he's made this note uh, on a few occasions, he's been trying to push the we are open for business, which is one of the, the categories that that is marked uh, on the U.S., as being number 43, and now we should say this is out of 80 countries right. that you did. So the U.S. is seen in the bottom half of being open for business, which absolutely plays into what Tr- President Trump is trying to do right now, whether he's successful on it is something different. But that perception perception does have a huge business uh, quotient to it. A- a- absolutely,
1: there's there's no question about it. And open for business is probably the number one factor that has a negative impact uh, on the U.S. in this most recent rating. Yeah. And while the president is currently, you know, a saying a saying in his State of the Union address, we are open for business. Uh, that's not necessarily what the policies are. right? And clearly what we're trying to do is we're gonna take our manufacturing plants away from you. Yeah, We're gonna yeah. put them here in the United States. Uh, so we're gonna do less investing there. And it's not clear how open we are for others to be building their plants within our country. Right. And so that foreign direct investment coming into our country uh
0: we can anticipate it's going to go down which i guess that's going to be an interesting area to watch over the next year when you do this report again you know in in 12 months time because of some of the stories we've been hearing recently of of companies reinvesting bringing money back in to to build capital apple of you know a variety of different companies so that's going to be an area uh, uh, to really watch in the next, you know, ten to twelve months.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping this is a long term plan that we've got here, and that yeah. we're
0: going to see things getting better
1: in terms of the eyes of the world. But I think as we become more insulated, that uh, if anything, I hope what happens is that we see at least within the United States, we think more positively about the United States.
0: I'm not sure that's happening either. Right. Dave Reapstein is our guest. You hear him uh, every Monday at 4 p.m. right here on Sirius XM 111, his show, Measured Thoughts. Uh, we are going through his uh, Best Countries report. Uh, your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 942 is the number to give us a call. The United Kingdom, I wanted to touch on for a second. They were three in the prior report last year. They're number four this year. And I wonder specifically how much... What is going on with Brexit plays into potentially them dropping a slot.
1: It's interesting. Again, I first did this uh, in, uh, in 2016, and the, and the U.K. was ranked number three. And when we did the study again last year, uh, they were still number three. And I presented all these results in front of um, a group of ambassadors in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. And uh, there, were, there, there were probably 20, 25 different countries that were represented in the audience. And one of the questions one of them asked me is, what was the biggest surprise to you in the rankings? Was it the United States dropping from number four to number seven then? Or what was the biggest surprise? And my answer was, the biggest surprise is that the UK did not drop. So yeah. it did not drop from 2016 to 2017. Yeah. Uh, we do see it dropping. in uh, in the latest data that just came out last week. And I think it is the beginning of Brexit, but it sort of has held in there. The U.K. has held in there short of of Brexit actually being implemented. When Brexit and if Brexit is implemented and how it's implemented,
0: I think is when it is we should start seeing some particular changes. Canada is up at the top of the list as well. Uh, What is it specifically about Canada that is going so well for them right now.
1: What a great place to live. The, yeah. the, the notion, and, and again, it, it's seen as very, very safe. It's seen as a high quality of life. It's seen as uh, equitable. Uh, you know, one of the things that I did this year that I haven't done uh, before is we measured perceptions of country leaders.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, number yeah. one perceived country leader Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to tell you, when you're at Davos, there's all these world leaders, and, and you, you know, it's, it's stargazing to, you know, to the nth degree of world leaders. The uh, you know, country leader that's most admired in the world is, is actually Justin Trudeau. Hmm. And um, he's young. He's got some energy. Yeah. He preaches this theme of uh, gender equality. And you know he he has enforced that with respect to who his cabinet, uh, what his cabinet representation is, and uh, it it helps in terms of the country image. So. Just as a corporate CEO might have an impact on the perception of that corporation, a country leader has an
0: impact on the perception of the country itself. So I I guess to a degree also then along those lines, it will also be interesting to see how how France advances – in the next few years, now that Emmanuel Macron is, is the leader of that country.
1: Macron, the number two country leader yeah. uh, in, on my survey, yeah. uh, shows up really, really high there, and, uh, and that's great. France had fallen down, and you know, I wondered, what was it about France that caused its drop from 2016 to 2017, and just to give you that that uh, specific, it had been number eight. It, it fell down to number nine. Not a huge drop. Yeah. But what it is, you did see is that was right at the time there were all those terrorist attacks in, oh, yeah. in Paris yep. and yep. then in, in Nice. Yep. And you saw the perception of safety drop. Yeah. Um, tourism also dropped. Yeah. So I you know, I continue to contend that these rankings are directly related to economic factors. Right. In particular, I'm looking at tourism, foreign direct trade, foreign investment. And um, and here we see on one dimension, perception of safety, food quality is still high, sure. you know all the other dimensions really high. Perception of safe, safety falls, and sure enough, tourism falls. To your specific question, I think Macron is going to have a huge impact and raising the image of uh, France.
0: And then I guess it's also going to be interesting to see the future of Germany as well since Angela Merkel is now into her final term as Chancellor of Germany right now. And and she, obviously, when you talk about Germany, that's a country that has seemingly been considered the, kind of the leader of the European Union for such a long period of time. And Germany, you know, I'm sure is, is up there in a variety of different categories as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play out in the next few years and, I guess, then beyond when, when she leaves office. Now, I'm glad you mentioned Merkel
1: and, and Germany. I, I misspoke when I said Macron was number two. Merkel was number two. Oh, okay. Macron right below her. Um, and and Merkel has been such a powerful leader and, as you say, has been sort of the visible power within Europe. Yeah. And people have seen that very, very clearly. And, uh, and Germany is known for just having excellent engineering. Yeah. I, I wonder how the Volkswagen, you know, fiasco has yeah. uh, has impacted that. And so and I guess I want to mention one other dimension that has affected the perception of Germany, which is a million refugees. Sure. And the yeah. que- and the question was a million refugees and how is that going to uh, disrupt you know, tranquility within Germany. But Germany seems to have fallen uh, going from 2016 to 2017, but seems to be back on on the rise. And so, you know, they are continuing to be seen as the leader within
0: Europe. It is amazing when you go through a report like this, and, and you just gave a, a great example of it, is the fact that we're talking about something where... There are so many different factors that are involved, whether they be involving the people of a country, whether they involve the business of a country, the policy of the government. There are so many different elements that, that are truly in play here. It's almost like it, you're, you're kind of leading to understanding what the GDP of a particular country is. I
1: I think you described it perfectly. I think all of these things, it's a whole combination of, of yeah. these uh, different dimensions that really plays some significant role and it directly affects the the GDP of a country, which I think is fascinating. Let me mention one other country which I think is, is interesting of how it has catapulted upward. Yeah. So one of the questions is, you know, how much can a country really change its brand? Yeah. Um, the UAE and in particular thinking about uh Dubai. yeah, You know, who had heard of Dubai in most of the world if we go back 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, But but today, we see that as a country that's becoming more and more and more visible. Some of it is, you know, the wonderful airport and airline that they've created. Yeah. But then, you know, these extravagant things that has really put it on a map um, not to mention the free trade zones that they've established. So it again, it just sort of illustrates what you were talking about. Is there's a there's a myriad of so many different
0: dimensions that contribute to how a country is perceived. Well, I wanted to ask you about China as well because if you go back a year at Davos, President Xi was kind of one of the headline people at that conference. And it was, you know, obviously uh, the leader of that country coming to Davos and, and trying to make the pitch for China. They're number 20 on this list. What are the factors that they need to consider moving forward that maybe even they're already starting to look at? Uh, well, they
1: certainly are paying a lot of attention to this issue because they, they want their country brand yeah. to really be on the map. And so they're devoting a lot of resources to it and, uh, and are very concerned about it. It sort of is interesting. I go around and I ask people, name a product from China. And people,
0: and, yeah. and
1: I see your eyes wandering around trying to think, huh, I wonder, can I name one? Not a
0: product, but I mean, a couple of companies. I mean, you will think of Alibaba, you know, right off the bat, but really not a product itself. Right,
1: well, so it's interesting. Uh, Jack Ma is one of the CEOs that I've now rated, and yeah. he is rated very high. Yeah. And so he, the CEO of Alibaba, has gotten tons of recognition. So Alibaba's on the rise, again, Five years ago, Alibaba, not very well known uh, and certainly not known outside of China. Uh, But when you start thinking about other products that we interact with on a a day in, day out basis, not yet. I think once that happens, once we start seeing Chinese cars or or Chinese appliances Mm -hmm. or Chinese banks that are operating in the Western part of the world, I think we're going to see China's brand go up but let me mention i i gave a presentation in china mm-hmm. and there's there's someone who stood up and and i didn't know he was in the audience he said i'm in charge of the chinese brand and we've been spending lots of money advertising on cnn and we see no impact yeah. whatsoever on our brand and uh, and he said so I, I don't see how anything can be done about one's brand and and i said you can spend money advertising but if you make unreliable products, yeah. of poor quality, yeah. you're not going to be able to advertise your way out of it. Yeah. So I, I think it has something to do with the quality of what comes uh, out, out of the country, and that's what it is that will have an impact. Great seeing you. Thanks, Thanks for coming in. Well, no, my pleasure. Greatly and, appreciate it. I'm going to spend some time talking about all of this uh, Monday okay. uh, uh, at 4 p.m.
0: Eastern on uh, Measured Thoughts. Thanks, Dave, for coming in. My pleasure. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Dave Rebstein from here at the Wharton School uh, joining us here on the show. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.